What's up everyone, this is Dariusz Kalbarczyk, co-founder of MG Poland, JS Poland, AngularMaster.dev and WorkshopFest.dev. Welcome back to AngularMaster podcast. Today, together with Dinanjay Kumar, who is an excellent speaker, trainer, consultant and organizer of MG India conference, we will talk about Angular services. Hi, Dinanji. How are you? Hi, I'm very fine. And thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. So before we dive into the world of technology, uh, for those who don't know you yet, please tell us about yourself. Hi, everyone who is uh, listening to this podcast. My name is Dinanji Kumar, and I'm from India. I'm an Angular consultant and Angular educator. I have been teaching Angular for last five years in India. Uh, I am a published author on a book on Angular, and uh, I'm very active in Indian Angular community. I'm uh, founder of NG India. So that is pretty much about me, and I'm a Google developer expert in Angular as well. How did you start your adventure in programming? Uh, so after in India, you do uh, you go to school until standard 12, like you go to school for 12 to 15 years. And after that, you go to college to, to learn uh, either arts or science or engineering or medical you or commerce or finance. You choose uh, a vertical, a stream to uh, do your uh, graduation. I selected engineering, computer science and engineering. So I did my engineering in computer science. Uh, and that, that, so I'm by education a computer science engineer. Uh, so during that period, I had to learn um, and I started learning programming. Mainly I started with uh, language C. And since then, uh, like in college, I learned C and Java and a little bit of .NET. And, uh, and then I, since then, I started coding, programming, and then when I started working, I worked on uh, on uh, for a very long time, like for almost uh, eight years, I worked on .NET uh, coding in C Sharp uh, pretty much. And since 2017, I'm coding in uh, JavaScript, TypeScript, and Angular. So that's my journey. And I started coding because I had to for my study. You are the organizer of MG India. Tell us how and why you created this amazing event. I say amazing because I had the opportunity to be a speaker and it was an astounding experience. (laughs) Yeah, so as I uh, mentioned that I started Angular uh, at the end of 2016 and in the beginning of 2017. And when I started doing Angular, I... uh, I saw a lot of events happening around the world on Twitter. And uh, and I was getting very inspired by those events, for example, in Poland and other events. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so I got inspired. I started building community because when I started Angular back in 2017, there was no Angular community as such in India. There might be some smaller communities, but not a larger community. Like there, there, were, there were many... React communities and React events, React uh, workshops and all were going on at that time. But there was very few uh, Angular events. 
So I saw an opportunity there. I was already inspired by people as such you and Michael and uh, Todd and uh, and that time Angra team had Stephen Fluin and um, Igor and also I was already inspired following them on on the on the Twitter and LinkedIn. So I thought it's an opportunity to start start just just an Angra community, not a conference per se. And I started uh, going to different cities of India uh, and uh, started teaching Angular. And since Angular was very new at that time and people wanted to learn uh, Angular, uh, I got very good response, like wherever I used to go to to whichever cities in India, such that uh, Mumbai or Ahmedabad or Pune or uh, Indore or Bangalore or Hyderabad, Delhi, uh, people used to come in a large number. Uh, I remember once uh, we did uh, in 2017 uh, Angular workshop, and all these were like free workshops. And we did one workshop uh, in 2017 or maybe at the end of 2016 in Gurgaon, Microsoft Gurgaon office, and uh, and around like 400 people came to that workshop. Wow. And and the number was so huge that Microsoft had the people of Microsoft had to remove chair and everyone had to see, sit on the floor. And all of those developers, amazing developers, they sat on the floor for a whole day to learn Angular. And those photos, that photos from that event is very popular on internet. And it was a great uh, motivational, uh, great motivation for me. Uh, and and I was already following, as I told you, NG conferences around the world, like NG Poland and NG Japan and NG Conf. And in 2017, I had an opportunity to go to Japan uh, to give a training to a customer. And that time, during that time, only NG Japan was happening. So I went and attended NG Japan. And there I met uh, uh, Stephen Fluin, who was in Angular team at that time. And uh, there I got an idea that why not we should do NG India. So I did first NG India in 2018. It was like a smaller 180 people came. Uh, in 2019, we did bigger around 350 people came where you came as a speaker. Thank you for supporting. Uh, you helped us by by bringing sponsors such as 7M and uh, you came, that time you were a uh, developer advocate for 7 and you came, flew all from Poland. And many other speakers like Michael Hartke, Stanley Mira, and uh, Jesse Sanders, and Vikram from Angular team. And yeah, in 2019, suddenly Angular became, uh, NG India became, became a brand. Then 2020, we did, uh, we were lucky to do offline events uh, because we did, we do in February and this COVID thing started from March. So we had a huge conference in 2020 and a thousand people attended that. And again, we had uh, Rob and uh, Manu from Angra team. And again, Michael, I asked you to come also, but you couldn't come. So we had a very good uh, NG India in 2020. And then this COVID happened, but in COVID uh, we were doing uh, this NG India webinars uh, on regular travel. And then again, we did NG India in uh, in 2022, we couldn't do it 2021 due to COVID. And uh, personally, I'm not a big fan of online conferences. So we did, uh, we were waiting for the time to do offline. But in the meantime, we were doing, uh, we were doing the webinars and all those things online. 
And again, 2022, we did on 21st of May, and it was, again, a very uh, huge success, like around 600 people attended that. You might have seen the photos on social media. And uh, yeah, so this is pretty much Engine India, and India is the largest technical conference in India. It's helping people, like I remember people who came as attendee in 2019, they got inspired, they went and they started contributing to open source, and they became MVP, they became GD, they got better opportunities, they became speakers, they, they got opportunities to work in countries such as uh, America, Australia, Germany. So India is helping developers here. I know like at least from my finger, 10 people who started contributing to open source or uh, even started writing articles due to, because they attended NGD and they got inspired by speakers and and the whole uh, whole ambience over there. So I'm very uh, happy and uh, I'm very proud of NG India and the whole Angular community in India, which we have built. We will see you soon at NG Poland and JS Poland conferences. What can we expect during your lectures? So when I was submitting my talk for NG Poland, I had like... I know that uh, Angular 14 is coming up and people would like to learn about whatever coming in Angular 14. And then, of course, those advanced topics like how to manage state and micro front ends and those kind of things. But I do a lot of training in, 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 in India uh, on Angular. And uh, almost like since 1st of August 2019, when I started giving training, professionally is three years uh, in, in a week. Uh, I have taught uh, like uh, many students and what I realized that uh, students are really struggling to understand one of the most powerful and useful feature of Angular, which is Angular services and Angular dependency injection. Like as great Martin Fowler said that dependency having a dependency injection in your application and you are saying that my application is a special because I have dependency injection is as good as saying my car is a special because it has wheels. So dependency injection is inbuilt in, in Angular. You do not have to add any third-party libraries or something like that as you do in Java or .NET Core. So, and developers are not aware of that. They just do, they just go and create one service like NGGS product and this product service got created. They put their own uh, business logic in the service and that's it. They do not know uh, that, uh, even they don't know that what is the difference between providers and providing, how they can uh, change, uh, change a service at the runtime and those kind of things. So here is a great opportunity to, to teach developers in 30 to 40 minutes about this most one of the most powerful feature of Angular that is dependency injection. And as a developer, if you know a couple of things like when to use providers, when to use providing, how a service is capable. Uh, if you if you if you provide a service in the component, then how it is going to affect the, all its children. If you if you provide a service as a module, then how it is going to affect the whole mod, whole feature module. How services can be uh, injected so that you have different instances for the lazy loaded models. And those things I have seen developers are doing it in a very messy ways. So here my purpose is that to the community of uh, Poland, when they are in front of me learning, these, in 40 minutes when they go, they are uh, they are uh, empowered and educated on one of the most powerful features of Angular, which is Angular Services and Dependence Injection. So that's my whole purpose of teaching this topic in, 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 in a STEM conference such as NG Poland. 
Amazing. So let's talk about services. And uh, so what are the Angular services in general? So Angular services, if you put it in a very simple English term, Angular services are nothing but a class where you put the functionalities and data which you wish to share across multiple components. Uh, it's a very, very basic definition. So in Angular, Angular, your Angular application is nothing but a component tree. Your Angular application is going to have many components and, and you can visualize the whole Angular application as a component tree. Now these components can be related to each other or cannot be related to each other. If they are related to each other, then there are different ways that they would communicate, such as input, output, view child, contain child, template variable, and so on. However, if components are not related to each other, uh, how they are going to share uh, functionalities and data among each other. Here, service comes to the action. Like you put those functionalities and data which you wish to share among unrelated components. And even related components, you can use service for that. So, so uh, by the by uh, default definition is Angular services are single term available throughout the application and you put the code or you put the functionalities and data you wish to share across components or even across other services. That's what Angular services are. So Angular services are singleton. Is it always true? By default, when you run the command mggs and your service name, Angular scaffold a service for you. Uh, so that service by default is singleton because that service has that uh, uh, injector decorator inside injector decorator is using providing kernel root. So if you do not change anything in that configuration, is singleton. But if you reprovide this service, you can go ahead and so by default it is singleton when you create that using Angular uh, CLI command. However, if you go and reprovide the service, so let's say that I have this service created. Um, I have a service for product and I have created that using Angular CLI. By default it is singleton. But let's say that I, I have a component called invoice and in that invoice component uh, also in the component decorator have providers or a provider's property. If you re-provide the same service to that component, then Angular is going to create, uh, and you are using, of course, that service in the, that component or any of its child component, then Angular is going to create another object for that. So putting it roughly that if you re-provide a service, if you are re-providing, if you are providing a service five times, then Angular is going to create roughly five objects uh, of that uh, service. But by default, if you do not reprovide it, you are just relying on providing current root, it's singleton. And and why sing and it has to be singleton because the, as I told you that uh, the main purpose of service is to share functionalities and data. So if you are if you have multiple instances of the service, then this sharing wouldn't happen. So so let's say that if you and I are two components, and if you want to share functional, and if let's say that our friend Michael is a service, so if you want to share his T-shirt, there should be one object of Michael. Then only, and we should have access to that one object. If we have multiple objects of Michael, you have access to another object, I have access to another object. Then we have two different T-shirts of Michael with us. So I hope I'm making sense here. What is tree shakeable Angular service? So when you create a service, uh, so tree shaking is a generic 
generic JavaScript uh, JavaScript terms. Uh, it is not like a specific to Angular. So let's say that you have uh, you have uh, five JS files: a.js, b.js, c.js, and e.js, and a main file called main.js or index.js. Now in this main.js you are using abcd.js, but you are you have created e.js, but you are not using that. Then this e.js should not be part of the final output bundle because in JavaScript world at the end of the day that JS file has to be downloaded in the browser uh, to uh, such that your website works. So the whole purpose is to make that JS file size of that JS file as small as possible in the beginning, such that your user doesn't have to wait. So, so, so the so any JS file which is not used inside application, if you are not making it part of the final output bundle, this process is called tree setting. Now, Angular services was not tree setting. Uh, I guess in Angular version six or version eight, if I'm not wrong, uh, maybe version six or version eight, they started uh, coming by default. This, like as I told you, that Angular services are by default tree setting. Angular services are by uh, sorry. Angular services are by default singleton. Angular services are by default tree setable. Uh, tree set, I mean, they are tree, tree setable as well. So when you create a service, and if you are using providing option to make a service uh, uh, to provide a service, then that service is tree setable. Means you have created that service, but if that service is not used inside your application, if you have created a service, and if that service is not used by any component. Uh, or anywhere in the application, Angular would not make that service as part of your final output bundle. That would be removed from final output bundle. Hence, uh, size of your final output bundle is very small. Uh, is a small. So that's what three secable services are. So by default, Angular services are singleton, and by default, they are three secable. Now we're starting Angular eight or Angular six, if I'm not wrong. And and how you identify a service is three secable if you are providing that service using providing option. If you provide service using providers or the option, then that service is not resetable. Means even if you are not using that service anywhere in the application, Angular is going to make that service as part of your final output bundle. So, so that's what resetable Angular services are. So, one more time, what is the difference between uh, providers and uh, provided in options? Uh, it's a very good question. People get confused a lot about this. So as we, we are talking about the secular service, so you can provide a service, like how Angular look at your app service, right? So when you have, so let's say that you have, you are using a service, then Angular would look, so you are using a service, then Angular, step one, Angular, Angular will check whether you are using a service. If that step is passed, then Angular will check whether you have injected that service. If that step is passed, then Angular will, will check whether you have provided that service or not. Now, this step, like you can provide, if you have not provided that service, then Angular would throw you runtime error, R3 null injector error. So this step is very important, providing the service. Now, Angular gives you option to provide a service in two ways. Either you can provide a service using providing option, which you see by default comes when you create a service using NGGS command, or you can provide a service using providers or now ng now ng module decorator like have providers array property uh, iterate component decorator also have providers array uh, property so you can provide a service either using providers array or using providing option if you provide a service using providing option then that service is a tree setable service means if 
services created and not used in the application, Angular will not make their services part of final output bundle. However, if you provide a service using provider survey option, then their service is not a recyclable service and uh, it would be part of final output bundle regardless whether it is used or not used. You're listening, Angular Master Podcast. Listen, code, repeat. Everything you need to know to become an Angular super developer. In context of service, how you suggest to create smart and dumb components? Yeah, so if you look at uh, like a smart, so let me first explain what is smart component and dumb component. So smart components are those components where you put your business logic and and you and you're in the smart component, you are actually consuming the service, you are injecting the service and using it. And a smart components are then using some child components where you are passing data from a smart component to that child component. And the purpose of the child components are only to display that data. So a smart component is also called as sometimes as a container component. And these dumb components are also called as sometimes as a presenter, presenter components. Now, a dumb component never talk to service directly. If it talks, if a dumb component is talking to a service directly, then it is no longer a dumb component, it's a smart component, in my opinion. So in context of service, your smart component should talk to service. Uh, so you inject your service in a smart component. And what advantage it gives you that now you are writing unit test and you are writing a detailed unit test only for the smart component. And dumb components are getting data only through accurate input properties from the parent component. So smart component is always a parent component and they are emitting event through accurate output. So in context of service, a dumb component never talks to a service uh, directly. A smart component talks to the service. To share the data between unrelated component, we use services. Yeah. Can you share some steps for our listeners? Okay. So this is good. Uh, so the step one is that you create a service. A step two in that service, whatever data you have to um, uh, you have to uh, share, you wrap. So step one, create a service. Step two, wrap the data which you need to share across multiple unrelated components uh, in one of the subject. I would recommend behavior subject because behavior subject has uh, a default value. And whoever subscribes to behavior subject, they would have access to last emitted value. So wrap the data inside behavior subject. And uh, maybe you have uh, you have a set data property. So whenever you set data, you again emit a new value from this behavior subject. So both places you are subscribing to this behavior subject and you are setting the service, uh, you, are, you are setting the data in the service and when you are setting the data, you are emitting a new value from the behavior subject. So the combination with combination is that create a service and wrap your data inside a behavior subject or the, you know, in a normal term as an observable. And then this should be, uh, and unrelated components should, uh, should work with that uh, that behavior subject, subscribe to that behavior subject. If unrelated component is only displaying the data and not modifying it, the best best is that, uh, like one of the unrelated component is only displaying the data, best is that they are using the async pipe. So, yes. uh, so how about async pipe and services? 
So I see that like the steps for services, like in mainly in the services, what we do is that we make an API call. And when we make an in Angular, when uh, this HTTP client model, the model which is given to us to make API call, uh, it actually returns to an object variable. So what we do, we create a service, and then we make an, and let's say that in the service, we have put a function called get data. That get data function would return us observable of, let's say, I product or it. Now in the component, what we do, we subscribe to that, uh, subscribe to that observable and, uh, and, and then we display that data in a table or anywhere using uh, ng4 directly. Now the challenge in this approach is that here, is that actually you are doing the both task, your business logic and your presentation is in the same component, uh, which again, I answered earlier that you should not do that. You should have a smart component and then you just display, the, uh, to display you should have a dumb component. Uh, so, so, so the challenge in this approach is that you need to subscribe and and if you forget to unsubscribe, then there could be memory leaks. You've got to unsubscribe as well. You need to make sure that you are unsubscribing from the observable in NG on destroy lifecycle hooks. That is step two you need to do. So far, so good. The real challenge comes that if component is set to on push change detection strategy, uh, then then for for a component which uh, change detection strategy is set to on push. Uh, Angular runs change detector only when you pass a new reference to one of the input decorative properties. Now, since you are working with observable, observable does not pass new reference. It only notifies you in on the same reference if there is a new data. Now, since you are not getting new reference and your component is set to on to change detection strategy, Angular would not run the change detector and you, you have the updated data inside the component but your uh, template is not projecting the updated data. Now, how you are going to fix that? You will fix that by running change detector manually. You will inject change detector ref and in the subscribe method, you would say these.cd.mark for chip. So actually, to the best approach to work with observable is that you subscribe, step one, step two, you unsubscribe, and step three, make sure that you are, you are calling the change detector manually for on-push on push component. So these three steps you have to do that uh, to working with an observable. Now, Angular has given you a better solution for that. Angular tells you that if you are working with observable, you directly use async pipe. You do not need to do those, these three steps. If you are using async pipe, uh, Angular framework will do these tasks for you. So if you are using async pipe, what async pipe does, it subscribes to the latest emitted value of an observable or promise. Uh, if uh, required, it runs change detector for you manually, and it unsubscribes when you when that component gets destroyed. So that's the purpose of async pipe. Now I'll explain you async pipe in context of a smart and dumb component. So let's say that I have a component called product component, and in the product component, I'm making the service call, I'm consuming the service. So product component has this uh, observable returning from the get products function of product service. Now, product component has the observable data. Now, product component is a smart component, is making a API, is a consuming service, service injected here. Now, you want to display this product either in a table or you want to display this product either in a, in a list. 
So what you have done, you have created two more components called product table component and product list component. Now you are using this product table component and product list component inside product component. Now product table component is going to have only one alternate input decorated property products of type observable and it is getting that data from the product component when you are using app uh, product uh, table inside product component. So now product table component is a done component and it is expecting only uh, and it has one input decorated properties of type observable. So product component already have observable products. It would pass it here. So just one variable declaration in your product table component. And now on the template of product table, table component, wherever you are doing a star in G4, uh, your uh, let P of uh, products, you use this async pipe. And make sure that your product table component is on on put change detection strategy. So a dumb component should be on on put change detection strategy and getting observable from the parent component, which is a smart component, and using the async pipe. So here, very less unique case you got to write it for the table component. And then same goes with the product list component. So so all your code would be in the product component, but it doesn't have a lot of. Uh, it is not it is not displaying the data. It's just passing the data to dumb component. So here, async pipe comes to the action. All your child component always be on the on push. Like the best practice is that it should be on the on push and using async pipe. Uh, so, uh, so to summarize what async pipe does, it uh, it subscribe to the observable. It unsubscribe when component is destroyed, and it runs change detector manually for you if required. So this is the purpose of async pipe. To summarize our discussion, how to create separate objects for separate lazy loaded modules? Ah, this is not very easy uh, in your version of Angular, I guess it's starting in your 9. So when you create a service, you see that option providing colon root. Uh, if you change that root option to option any, so if you set the value providing colon any, then what Angular does, Angular will create separate object for separate lazy loaded models if you are using that service in that lazy loaded models. So let's say that you have three lazy loaded models, one main module and and two normal models, two features model. And I'm assuming that you are using this service in all these models. Then if you're providing code is set to any, then your service is traceable and Angular is going to create four objects of this service. One each for each lazy loaded model, so three lazy loaded models and three objects, and one one object for all eagerly loaded models and main models. So if you want to create different objects for different lazy loaded models, uh, instead of going around and writing a lot of code, just change providing colon in. Dinanjay, what advice would you give to people who are starting their career in the software world today? And what for those who are old timers? So people who are starting, I would say that uh, don't get confused with uh, a lot of buzzwords around on the internet still. So for example, you may, you may hear a lot of, lot of buzzwords and as a young exactly. people, we get, uh, we get a lot motivated by those buzzwords, but you know, the real job is still like, like if I take an example, Take example of India. India has 1.5 billion people, and out of 1.5 billion people, still the whole police system of India is not fully computerized. Uh, uh, so it says that still there is there there are 1.5 billion people who can get connected for the security purposes 
through just a website, right? So, so building websites you still have more than three billion users on the planet, uh, which may sound very not that fancy for uh, young people. That okay, creating a website and they may get uh, a lot motivated by hearing about terms such as Web three or cryptocurrency or those words, but they are still. I, I, I mean, if you have interest in that, do that. But they are not like the bullet, the, the magic uh, to getting a job. There is a job still in the traditional technology. So you, either if back and back and exercise, you go and learn creating APIs. Doesn't matter in Java or .NET or Python. You need to know how to get it. In the same way, if you are uh, interested in front end, doesn't matter. You can go and start with either Angular or React, whatever you like. Uh, and and I do a lot of practice. So so never try to learn from these Twitter trades and these resources and that resources. Like I'm Angular teacher and Angular developer for the last five years, and I think. I, I think I'm doing pretty good. Sometimes when I read those Twitter tweets about these Angular resources, you need to become Angular developers. I get surprised I, uh, that if someone is new and reading that, it's completely wrong information for them. So you you find a good mentor maybe or find a good book. So always try to read from books or or instead of learning from uh, YouTube, uh, you know and. Re- watching random videos, I would recommend that buy a good course on Udemy and go step by step, uh, learn, build, learn, build, learn, build. So that's to the new new people. For the people who have experience and that what I have said while teaching people here, last week only I was teaching uh, Angular for 40 hours to people who had minimum 10 years of experience in .NET. What mistake they do is that they I mean, the first step of learning is unlearn. If you are solving a problem in .NET, in a .NET way, you have to first leave that mind. In Angular, you've got to solve Angular in Angular way, not in the .NET way. So many experienced people, they try to solve a problem. First, they underestimate, underestimate this framework. They think, okay, it is, okay, it's just a framework. They don't read documentation. They don't, uh, you know, and they, they try to then solve the problem in the technology which they are master of. So the, if you are learning a new technology, first is unlearn and then learn. That's what my advice would be for the experienced people. Thank you so much. Uh, last question. Two books you would recommend to our listeners, one technical and one non-technical. Uh, lately I'm uh, reading a book, uh, a technical book by uh, by uh, author Alex uh, Alex. XUE, his, he writes on system design, and I got his book, uh, System Design Interview Version Volume 2, which is not available in India, so I had to buy it very costly. And I find that book very good. So, technical, I would recommend that book if you are into system design. If you if you are into, uh, like, and if you are starting with JavaScript, I would recommend, uh, you do not know JavaScript uh, book series, that is very good. Um, Non-technical, lately I uh, read a book called The Originals uh, and I recommend everyone to read that book. Uh, Originals tells you that, uh, so the so, so should, I, should I say a little bit about that book as well? Uh, yeah, if, if, you, if you can, why not? Yeah, so that book, Originals, is really, uh, I mean, that really helped me. Like, for example, if I, uh, 
So if you follow modern management and modern management strategies, they tell you that, hey, you have to be perfect. Like work hard and create a perfect product and then go out and sell that product or market that product. But this modern management is very much behind perfect, perfect and perfect. However, that book contradicts that. It tells us a lot of examples where they say that you just keep doing a lot of work and one of your work could become perfect. For example, uh, for example, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, he did not paint only Mona Lisa. He, he painted many, he did, he painted many paintings in his life. Uh, only Mona Lisa and uh, The Last Supper became popular. In the same way, Shakespeare has written many plays and many poetry in his career. And some of them became popular, such as Macbeth and Romeo and Juliet and, and all. So, so, so if you, even if you look at this these so many, uh, these big people, they kept doing their work and some of them, their work became so-called perfect or so-called popular. So, 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 so like I used to do, okay, now I should only write article which is not available on internet and this article, when it would go out, it will change the way human are breathing. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. You just keep, keep publishing, keep writing your work, keep, Keep doing your work, and and some of your work may you think it is not your great work, but by time that may become your uh, great work uh, for people. So this book I really uh, recommend, and also this book tells you that how you should take risks. Like if you want to start something, for example, if you want if you are working as a consultant and want to do training, don't leave uh, want to become a trainer. Don't leave consulting job and then start training. Maybe you just take an off of two weeks from consulting job and do a thing and see whether you really want to do training. Uh, you know, so 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 I I would recommend this book, The Originals. It's a very good book. Linanjay, thank you so much for this great discussion, and see you in Poland in three months. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast, and I look very forward to coming to Poland. I have read a lot about Poland. Uh, and I know two, three people from Poland, including you, and they are like very dear to me. So I look very forward. And uh, like just for, for our uh, listener, that in NG Poland, I'm doing a talk on Angular Services and Dependency Injection. In JS Poland, I'm doing a talk on um, JavaScript objects, in which I'll talk about writable, enumerable, configurable, and prototype and constructors. So, so that talk could be also very, uh, very useful for you. And I'm very excited and counting days, like two, three months more to be there. Finally, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a like and a comment to help us continue to grow.